Welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we help personal trainers, studio owners, and fitness enthusiasts get financially strong. We're here to show you that managing your money can be even more fun than hitting a new one rep max. And the best part, you already have the skills to do it. We're your hosts, Kelsa Dickey and Jill Emanuel. We love talking about money as much as we love hitting that new PR or talking about our favorite protein fluff. Welcome to the show. Oh, yes, we've got so much excitement coming to you today, but I think the thing that I'm most excited about is what you did this weekend, Kelsa, so you have to tell everyone before we dive in. Okay, so I attended, as a spectator, my first powerlifting meet. USA Powerlifting had a meet locally this weekend, and I had never attended one before, and in the last two weeks, I've actually decided and announced publicly that I am going to compete in my first powerlifting meet. So I'm really excited about it, but also really nervous and thought (laughs) I should probably attend one if I'm going to compete in one. Uh, But I learned so much just by going and observing the lifters and watching them and seeing how the whole thing goes. And I think the anticipation of doing something new is really exciting, but also like so nerve wracking at oh, the same yeah. time of like, I'm gonna be a newbie at something, right? right? And when when was the last time I was brand new at something? And that's exciting and I just have to remind myself that's where I'm at and that's where everybody starts. And it's great to challenge yourself to do something new and do something unknown and be new at something for the first time. So I'm really excited about it. It was a lot of fun. I took notes on my phone. I was that person (laughs) at the meet. Uh, I was definitely there to like study, right? To like lift, pause. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like looking at their form and technique and also how the judges are cueing them. But I was also, of course, looking at their outfits. Right. Because that's important. I got to, I got to find a, um, singlet. So (laughs) things you never thought you would own, right? (laughs) So I got to go buy one of those. And so I was looking at like what what kinds, what styles were they? So I'm really excited. Um, I've got some jitters wondering, you know, how am I going to perform? Will I be able to perform that day? Um, I am really thankful though, that I don't have the added stress of how am I going to pay for this next challenge that I'm adding to my life? You know, Mm. whether it's the meat or the singlet or the shoes, the training, the training, having my coach be there as a handler, like all those types of things. Like I don't have the added stress of how am I going to pay for those things? It's already part of my plan. We'll share some of those strategies later in some future episodes. Um, But really, I just have the stress of doing something new, but it's fun, right? Right. Not the added stress of how am I going to be able to pay for this thing that I want? Yeah. I mean, what a great intro there, Kelsa, because that's really what we want to dive into in episode two today is talking about our own personal journeys. And part of mine was the competing and stressing about the financial side of it. Like that was my life for so long. And it's hard, like it's really hard. So how beautiful that you're going into this meet now with only the jitters and anticipation and worry of how do I best prepare myself? How do I train to my fullest capabilities? How am I gonna show up that day doing something new and like face this unknown? And I will say, how can I do this and bring my best self? Right. And in which ways can I invest in that day to 
bring the most confidence and right. having my coach there knowing I'm gonna have to pay for her to be there with me that's totally fine that's her role and she's gonna play a very important role that day right and not buying the cheapest singlet that I can find like whichever one's gonna make me feel the most confident right like I'm just bringing my a game like you know showing yes. feeling like I'm walking the part all those types of things are so that I can invest in that day bringing my best self but your experience was not from a powerlifting standpoint, but in a much more graceful way <laughs> of ballroom dancing. So tell yes. everyone about that. Oh gosh, yes. So, you know, when I reflect back on the, you know, newness, pursuing an interest, a hobby, I was obsessed with dancing. Wanted to learn how to ballroom dance for years. So it was just always this inkling in the back of my mind of like, I would love to know how to, you know, salsa and cha-cha and like do the rumba and all of those different dances. And I tried to convince my husband for probably five years or so of like, let's go take a ballroom dance lesson together. And he just wasn't about it. Finally, I said, I'm just going to do it. I'm doing it on my own. He was fully supportive of that. <laughs> he was very glad. I think that I wasn't dragging him with me. Um, and it was so much fun. And also, ballroom dancing is probably one of the most expensive hobbies that you can pick up. Like, it is not cheap to become a ballroom dancer. And I wanted to compete. And so that, like, brings an extra layer of training, expense, costumes, shoes, like, you know, registrations for everything. So it was a huge undertaking and the financial impact of it, the stress that I felt from that was really intense. Like it was a lot um, because at the time we weren't really managing our money well. This was a decade ago before I really learned all of the systems and strategies that we now teach our clients. But then I was winging it. I was totally just like, we'll be fine. It'll be all right. We make good money. We'll figure this thing out. And it, you know, not having a clear plan or not knowing exactly how much I truly could and should be investing in this left me with so much uncertainty. Yeah. So, and you were a pharmacist at the time. Was, so you were yeah. not a financial coach at this at the time. This was pre-budgeting, right. yes. pre-being good with your money, uh, yeah. pre-financial coaching in general. Before I ever met you, I know my former life. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a decade ago, and I just remember, you know, you sign up for ballroom dancing and you pay your regular monthly fee for X amount of lessons. It's like private one-on-one -on -one and group lessons and all of that. But the studio I was training at would bring in like professional like ballroom dancers, dancing with the stars instructors and things like that, which were really cool. And I would see so many other students booking those sessions with the really elite coaches. And I never did it even once. Oh. Never once, because I was like, I cannot put that much more money towards this as much as I want to. I already felt stretched so thin. I already was feeling this guilt because this was an indulgence and expense that was only for me. You know, it wasn't for my husband. It wasn't for my kids. It wasn't helping our family. It was actually pulling money away from our family. So I always felt this conflict and doubt around the things I was doing with this hobby because it was very selfish in my own mind like it was all about me <laughs> and you told me one time i remember because you became a client of mine mm -hmm. right so really yeah. quickly tell them about the line in the sand story oh, sort of thing <laughs> yeah so as kelsa mentioned i was not always a financial coach so <laughs> 10 years ago 
I was a pharmacist and I was a hot mess financially, I guess. Uh, always just thought I could out earn everything. Like it was just, we can make more money. It'll be fine. I know how to make good, a good income. And uh, my husband rather unexpectedly lost his job. And what we thought was going to be a very temporary figure things out, you know, in the next one to two months scenario, it turned into a much longer time than anticipated. So a lot of our living expenses wound up landing on a credit card while we were trying to just get through a six to 12 month period of life where we really didn't have that additional income. And I didn't know that financial coaching was a thing. I had never heard of it before, didn't know it existed. And I remember the day, I will never forget it. It was actually a day that I was driving to ballroom dance lessons. Oh, go figure, <laughs> what perfect timing. Right, and I had gotten out of work. I was leaving to drive to my lesson. And as I did most days, I looked at the bank account because I always was stressing about how much money was there. Are we gonna be okay? And I opened it up and saw that we were almost down to zero in our bank account. Do you remember the exact dollar amount? Oh gosh, it was like $43 or something like that, you yeah. know, give or take a little bit. Like it sure. was not enough. There wasn't enough for an entire gas fill up. That's sure. what I remember very clearly mm -hmm. because I saw the balance and I felt like my heart racing and this panic rising. And I thought, oh my God, I need to call Matt. I need to let him know no spending any dollars, yeah. <laughs> right? Like not $1, no gas, don't run into the gas station and buy a snack. Like for Pete's <laughs> sake, we gotta get through. Cause we had like three days or so left until payday. And I thought, oh my God, like, I don't know how we're gonna make it. So I called my husband and I remember feeling angry, right? Like I felt really angry in that moment and it wasn't anger at him, but I think it was just anger in the situation that we were actually in this place in our life. Like I thought, how the hell <laughs> did we wind up here? Do you think it was related to like, God, you were just working your tail off. You were right. trying to make good decisions. You were trying to just live life in a decent way. It's not like right. you had all the luxuries and all right. this time, but you were really just right. trying to get by in a very natural way, feeling like you were working really hard, we're good people, and this shouldn't be right. so hard. Yeah, I mean, totally. I feel like we didn't live in extravagant lifestyle I felt like I was putting so much time and energy into like clipping coupons when I was grocery shopping and you know making sure that we weren't traveling right now because we just didn't have the money to go towards it and I was working like 70 hours a week at the time I mean it was insane so I was emotionally drained physically drained mentally drained hmm I wonder if that was affecting <laughs> your ability to dance at the time. Well, and at the, at the time, I mean, dance was, I think your reprieve right. from a lot of that. And also I'm sure that you were carrying all of that in your body. Yeah, oh, for sure. Dance was my one outlet. And I know that when I met you even, like when we were trying to say like, we gotta get a plan together and turn this ship around. And dance was one of the things of like, is this on the chopping block? Like, do we need to let this thing go? And it was the absolute thing that I could not say no to. I was like, we'll stop eating before <laughs> I let go of my ballroom dance. Cause it's like my one hour that I know I can sort of escape the stress of everything else that was happening in life. Just be in the moment, feel a little bit of enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And then I have like enough of like a boost back into myself that I can get through the next week of stress. It's what filled your empty cup. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so you were 
driving, looked at your bank account, called, called your husband, Matt, told him he can't spend any money. And of course, when you're, you know, feeling stressed financially, your conversations with your partner or spouse are not always the greatest. So of course, there's like tons of tension in that conversation with him being like, oh my gosh, here we are again, too. And I got off the phone with him and I... I just was like, I, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I thought we're going to file bankruptcy. We might get divorced. I mean, we hate each other right now. We're not doing good. And I broke down and called a friend. You know, you don't really share with other people when you're struggling financially. It's not mm -hmm. something you want to publicly announce to the world. You don't want to be like, hey, my life's falling apart right now and I can't pay my bills. Like you keep it to yourself because it's very embarrassing, right? Mm -hmm. It's really embarrassing, especially when people look at you and think, oh, you've got it together, you're successful, you did all the right things, but we were drowning. Yeah, know? and this is where you can be so smart, so capable in so many areas of your life and still struggle financially, right? right. Like we all have things we're really good at yeah. and things we're gonna be not so great at or need a little bit more help to learn how to be better at that. Mine for the longest time was cooking. Right. I was a terrible cook. I could not, I was so stressed out anytime I stepped foot in the kitchen. Right? right. And I know for me, I was always embarrassed by that. Right. Like here, I look like the type of woman, the mom, the wife that has her life put together. Like I'm on top of things. And yet seeing me in the kitchen is like, a, I'm a completely different person because right. I was always so stressed about it. I'm happy to report that I'm pretty bomb ass <laughs> in the kitchen now. That's all we got to say. But all right. So what yeah. happened when you called your friend? Yeah. So I called my friend and I broke down in tears and said, I don't know what we're going to do. I feel like we're at the end of our rope, like we're in a horrible position. And she said, before you do anything extreme, because I'm talking bankruptcy, divorce, like, you know, <laughs> all the most extreme, horrible things that you can imagine playing out. And she says, before you do anything crazy, I have someone you need to talk to. And she actually gave me Kelsa's name. And when she gave me this information, for one thing, I thought, you don't get it. Like, I don't have money to invest. Why are you giving me a financial advisor's name? Like this is not the route that I'm looking for right now. So I had to sort of educate myself a little bit on what is financial coaching? How is it different? And trust that Kelsa could also educate me in what the difference was and that she actually could help us go from a state of feeling totally overwhelmed, falling behind month after month after month, feeling totally stressed to the max, and give us a plan that gave us hope and a path to get out of that. Yes, and I remember. <laughs> I Jill. can only imagine where she's going with this, you guys. <laughs> Hand me the box of tissues right Wait, now. Oh, no. I, was just gonna say, <laughs> I was just gonna say that Jill is definitely a crier and it's one of the reasons I love her so much. She cries with every emotion that she has. Um, but, you know, the first, you know, couple meetings, I think there was a lot of stress, but there was also a lot of happy, hopeful tears right. too of like feeling like yeah. we're figuring this out. Right. This is actually better this week than it was the week before. And then next week, I just want everyone to know right, right now, Jill I'm is like, crying. I'm tearing up. <laughs> I know. I'm like thinking about those moments sitting in that office. And I just remember I felt so alone for so long. You know, I was like carrying the burden on my shoulders and I felt like there's no hope. And just knowing like, okay, maybe I'm not a total idiot. <laughs> like maybe there is just a better way that I've just never been taught and it's something I can learn and I have someone here to help me navigate it and talk this through and like cheer me on and give me hope that like everything's going to be okay this week and we're going to get through it. <laughs> yes and Jill 
decided enough was enough and she took every strategy, every idea, ran with it, just kept trying, never gave up, became a financial coaching client herself for a very long time, experienced a massive transformation in her life, just seeing how that affected you in so many ways, right? Like your dance and your health, your relationship, your job, everything. Um, And then a few years after that, I was like, well, have you ever thought about becoming a financial coach? <laughs> and I was like, I've been thinking about that for the last two years. <laughs> and how do you think that affected your dance, your ballroom dancing at the time? Oh, gosh. Well, I just know in the beginning, you know, like I said, I couldn't hire the extra coaches. I was stressed about the impact of just the monthly expense alone. Plus, like, you know, when you're trying to compete, you have to buy costumes. You're getting your hair and makeup done. You're getting extra lessons above and beyond what you normally would. And so that was one thing for sure that shifted is that I could actually afford to get my hair and makeup done before the competition. I could actually afford to buy the new shoes or to buy the gown that I wanted instead of like borrowing something that didn't quite fit right from someone else. Or eBay. Yeah, on eBay, like finding the cheapest thing that was like made in China and the rhinestones were actually falling off when it arrived (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Like there was some bad, there were some really bad things. Um, But I think even more like after the competitions, which was a really brilliant thing for the studio to do, it was sort of their sales funnel that they would use the competitions. You would meet with your judges. So at like the weekend after the competition, you would go in, they had a big event where everyone would get to meet with the judge. They would give you your critiques and your feedback. They would kind of like give you some things to focus on or work towards on the next time. And I just remember it was always like so great to get this feedback, to have some sort of constructive focus on where am I thriving? Where can I improve? But as soon as you were done meeting with the judge, you would get walked across the studio and sit down at the sales table. And so I would go from feeling like so happy and excited and on top of the world to feeling so small in an instant, right? Like walking across that ballroom floor and I would sit down and just feel like, oh God, they're gonna ask me to commit more money And I don't know if I should right now, but you wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to absolutely. And, and it was like, um, you know, you're feeling like this internal turmoil because the person before you, they would like shout out and cheer for like, they're going to go to worlds or they're going to do whatever. And they'd be like so excited. And everyone in the studio would be like cheering them on because, you know, it was a really supportive community. It was really beautiful. And I would walk over there and be thinking like, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to ask me what I'm going to do next. And I don't even know if I should take lessons anymore. Um, You know, and I wanted to be doing all the things that everyone else was. I wanted to be committing. I wanted to be competing more. So it was amazing to get things turned around. And once we got our finances in order, once we saw that there was like a better way to do things and to manage it, I started proactively having money that could go towards my dance. I no longer felt guilty. I didn't feel like I was pulling away from the family. I knew this was part of our plan. It was important to me to have money to go towards this. My husband supported that, which is also really, really great. And I was very fortunate in that. Um, But then it changed when I would walk over to that sales table also. I knew in advance, like I was signing up. I knew exactly what competition was next on my list. I knew how much it was going to be. I knew I had the money for it. 
and that conversation felt entirely different. That's amazing. Yeah. And I can imagine that even if you did say no, it was because you knew why you were saying right. no. And it just wasn't like a, I want this, but. I can't. I can't. It's, yeah. I, I don't necessarily know that this is the next step for me in my coaching right. or my dance journey. Like, so I'm going to say no for that right. reason. Money wasn't the reason. Right. It was like, oh, we're going to be traveling at the time of that competition. So I can't do that one. And I know it, but I'll plan for the future one rather than. I don't have the money for this and breaking down in tears at the sales desk, which I did do. <laughs> yes, sure. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 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 And my journey is sort of closer to yours at the end there, where right. financially I was helping people with budgeting in college. Yeah. Like kids yeah. who went to college, they would be in the room next to me in the dorms and they had no idea how to pay bills for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And I would just, it's something that I've always loved talking about. Money has always been a really big part of my life and using it in really fun ways or creative ways for people. And yet for the longest time, my fitness wasn't strong. I wasn't mm. in good shape. I wasn't healthy. And yet I always kept trying different things, mm. right? Like I was the yo-yo dieter, the paleo, the keto, the whole 30. I'm sure there's probably intermittent 15 fasting. intermittent fasting. <laughs> there's probably two dozen other ones. And I probably tried every single one of them, right? Yeah. Um, I also felt for me that I wasn't putting money towards myself. I was always reinvesting it into other things, other right. people, my business, um, you know, my spouse's goals, my kids' future. And I really felt like I was struggling to find a way to do it all. And really what it felt like was I had a major gap in my life and it was that I wasn't taking care of myself mm. health-wise. Right. So even though financially we were doing okay, I still felt really out of alignment just in general with life because my cup kept getting empty. Right. Right. Um, I kept feeling guilty that I was putting money towards everybody else here. I was working really hard. I kept putting money into my business. I kept reinvesting it. And yet I felt like I wasn't taking enough of it for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And like actually putting it behind what I personally wanted. And it felt selfish once I started doing that. Yeah. And that's why I didn't do it for so long. Right. right? So putting your money behind, you know, a, a coach or more equipment or another gym membership, because maybe you want two different gym memberships just because you like them for different reasons and they right. have different equipment on different days. Right. Like how many times do we talk ourselves out of things like that because of money? Right. right? And that's the thing is like I was good with money, but I was almost to the other extreme of it. Yeah. Right. Which is what we don't want for anybody either, where you pinch every penny. You think you got to save every dollar. You know, you can spend money on wants just because you want it. Right. It doesn't have to be practical. You don't have to need it. Right. It can be something you truly just desire. And that is where my journey with money has come from. Right. From you don't have to save every dollar. You know, you don't have to be frugal. You really can put money behind the things that you want. And one of the things that I figured out was how to spend or invest my money to free up my time. Mm, that's a big one, right? Yeah. Yes. That is, I think, where now that's like really fun for me to come up with like, how can I spend more money to get more time in my life? Time for my own fitness, right? right. I love 
spending two hours at the gym every morning. And I love that I've built my business in a way and my kids schedule in a way that that is my happy place. Right. Right. And I don't feel guilty about that. You know, we have gone on fitness retreats, Mm -hmm. Jill and I together for seven or eight nights where the whole week is just spent on our health and our fitness and our mindset and yoga and personal training sessions and knowing that that is not selfish that that is giving me more life, right? Right. It is filling my cup so that I can pour into others where I was pouring into others, but from an empty cup, I felt like. Yeah, so no wonder you were always feeling depleted. Like Mm -hmm. I remember even just a year or so ago of like how drained you would feel, how exhausted. And now it's like a total reverse of that. Like the energy is just like overflowing, pouring into everything. It's got to feel amazing. Not only that, Jill, but if you go back and look at some of the very first videos I ever did in the business, this was, you know, 10 years ago, let's say, or podcast episodes, I was sick in the majority of them. Mm. Like I had a scratchy voice and I would say something on them like, oh, I'm feeling a little under the weather today. And I would just power through. Right. But I was sick all the time. All the time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started to think, like, I can't do this for long. Like, I cannot keep exchanging more money for my health. Right. 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 And for my happiness. Yes. So how, what is a better strategy? What is it that we need to be doing with clients and for my own life? And coming up with ways that I can spend money to free up my time. We started having a housekeeper come every single week. She now comes twice a week. And I absolutely love it. Um, We have hired people to do house projects for us because that is something we realized that we should not be spending our time on. (laughs) My husband and I are not good at home decor or home renovations. We are not hands-on people in that way. So it actually makes way more sense for us to pay somebody who's really good at that to do it for us. And then we're going to spend our time doing things that we love and enjoy and that we are good at. Right. Right? Um, In other words, I think my growth in finances has been around how can I free up my time and how can I become even better with my money to free up even more time? Right. Yeah. And so beautiful to have the balance between both, right? Where you feel really good with your money, you're putting it towards the things that you love and you're feeling healthy, you feel the energy, like everything flows so much better when we have total alignment between all of those things, right? Yeah, and I think that's why looking at what is it that I cherish in life? What is important to me? What do I value in life? And asking yourself, am I putting my money behind that? And if not, how can I put more of my money behind those things, right? And I had a glaring gap because Mm -hmm. if, Somebody would have asked me 10 years ago, what are the three things you value most in life? Health and fitness was always in my top three, always. I've always been pretty active because I always jumped around from one thing to the next. But I was always trying to stay in shape and be healthy and make those types of decisions. So I would have said health and fitness was up there. But if you would have looked at my budget and seen where my money was going, it would not have supported that value system at all. And that's what shifted for me, was getting really clear on, I'm gonna put more of my money behind those glaring misalignments, because that's what's most important to me. Right, yeah, I mean, that's so huge. I know that for me too, you know, after we 
learned how to manage our money better and we got on a budget, we had a really clear plan for how to support the things that we valued the most. Because similarly to Kelsa's story, I found a lot of misalignment also with what I said was so important. My money wasn't going towards it. My time wasn't going towards it. My energy, like all of the things I said were the top of my list were actually the bottom of what was happening in my life. And it felt really horrible once I recognized that. And now that we've you know, corrected those misalignments, now that we have money going towards the things that we really value, it's so much easier to invest in the things that we love and put our time and our energy there without feelings of guilt. You know, I even with dance, it changed everything where I could dance from two different studios with multiple different coaches. And now I'm not dancing anymore, but it's, you know, I've got my own personal trainer, my coach. I'm going to be doing a powerlifting meet also because Kelsa twisted my arm and is convincing me that I also deserve to have a really amazing singlet in my life. And, um, <laughs> You know, and it's just, it's, it feels really good to be able to do those things, to be able to hop on a plane and travel to LA and train in the studio with our coach. And I don't worry about that expense. I know that that's something that's built in and that I value it and it's important for me to be able to do it. So it really has shifted so much and allowed me to focus on the things that are really important to my life too. Yeah. And I think that's, just one way that financial coaching is not just about more money. Right. It's about doing really great things for you with the money that you plan and what we find and that sort of thing. And I know the shift for me was that I became much more present in my life because I felt more complete. Yeah. The whole time I was with my kids, I would be thinking about how I should have been working out or how I needed to get more work done so that I could boost our savings or something like that, right? Um, I actually became more productive because I was spending my time taking care of myself and that actually freed up so much mental energy. Mm. I realize now, looking back, I did not notice this at the time, but now that I've sort of through it, I can see so clearly now how just how much I was thinking and worrying about health, fitness, money, all of those types of things, and Mm -hmm. how toxic that was, how stressful it was, how that actually prevented me from being proactive, right? right? And actually being present. A really great example of this is if you are used to working out in the morning, and for some reason, let's say one day you can't, you've got a work meeting, or you've got a doctor's appointment, that's the only time they could get you in, so you tell yourself, I'm gonna work out later in the day for that random day. Chances are on those days, you are thinking about it all all day. day. You're thinking, oh, I can't, I got to work out later. I can't forget to work out later. And, you know, you kind of have that mental energy going towards it. It's that nagging feeling all day. day. That's how I felt all the time. And that's how I think a lot of people feel when it comes to money. Right. They don't realize how often they are thinking about it or how it's impacting almost every decision they're making throughout the day. But it's there and it's not until after you free up all that mental and emotional energy that you realize just how toxic it was, how it was affecting you, your sleep, the way you carry your shoulders, whether you're worrying in the car or if you're able to just listen to a podcast or something like that. How often we are doing things to distract ourselves from thinking about it. Yeah, that was my life. So, you know, that was where my mental energy was. Not worrying about the working out, but worrying about 
shit, I just got invited to happy hour after work and I don't have money to pay for that. And what am I going to do? And am I going to say no or am I not? So yes, there's a lot of things that you're thinking, that you're worrying about, that's occupying your mind. And we're going to be talking about that starting in the next episode. We're sure that we are not alone in this. You can probably relate either for yourself or for your clients. And so like Jill said, in the next episode, we're going to dive into some really great strategies that you can use for yourself or for your clients. Let's do this. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, remember to hit follow, leave a review, and share us with your favorite gym buddy. For more money strategies and to follow Maya and Kelsa's own fitness journeys, follow us on Instagram. Search Jill underscore fiscal and fit and Kelsa underscore fiscal and fit. And if you're ready to gain control and confidence with your money, join us at becomeaplanmaker.com. Say one, two, three.